Hello everyone, this is Jared Albrecht, the Yard Sale Artist, welcoming you to a Long Box Crusade Elseworlds episode. a long box crusade elseworlds you might ask well some of your favorite long box crusade members have done some work over on some other podcast networks that you may or may not be familiar with so from time to time we will grab a show from the past that one or all of us has done on one of those other networks and we'll play it for you here whether it's a james bond rookie agent show from on her majesty's secret podcast network or a comics with normies from white rocket entertainment network or some other bit of alternate dimension craziness, we hope that you enjoy this presentation of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. Hello and welcome to Comics with Normies. I'm Jared Albrecht, also known as the Yard Sale Artist. In Comics with Normies, I use my yard sale powers, I go out and about, I find comic books at yard sales, I pick random ones, and I give them to people I know that aren't exactly comic book people. They read the issue, we discuss it on the show, we get the outsider's point of view of what comics are like to people who don't read a lot of comics. Our guest today is Clint Head, Uh, he's an old friend of mine, Uh, but before I get into talking too much uh, about Clint... Uh, let's see what Clint has to say for himself. Uh, welcome to the show, Clint. Well, uh, thank you, Jared. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. What, well, do you want the, what do you want the people at home to know? You don't, <laughs> you know. You I'll don't. keep out the sordid details. <laughs> there you go. In my life. Um, yeah, as far as comics go, I read a lot when I was younger. But, you know, as age, I haven't really kept up with it as much. Um, hobbies, you know, I like sports. I'm in sports, I used to be a high school coach. Um, now I'm in a, in a different line of work. Um, but I'm still active in that. I like working out. You know, like movies, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Clint is a big movie guy. Uh, if, if anybody out there needs to write into the show with a question about any, anything to do with movies, especially horror movies, Clint probably knows the answer. Yeah, I'm pretty good horror movies. He's a big horror movie guy. And uh, just to brag on him a bit, not only was he used to be a high school coach, but he did coach a state championship team here in Alabama. We're all very proud of Clint about that. Now, these days you do uh, like referee work. Yeah, I do. I officiate high school football games. No, so he's that guy. He's that referee that everybody hates. Everybody hates me. <laughs> so, like you said, you did a little comics when you were younger. How, yes. about, how old were you when you were into comics? Um, probably uh, seven till probably 13, 14. I was in it. Uh, I really like Captain America. Um, I did read it a lot, a lot of X-Men, some Spider-Man. Uh, more than Marvel comics, what I was more into back then. All right. Um, and then in the expanded comic book world, do you have any of the comic book-based uh, movies that you're particularly fond of? Well, yeah, I love the Marvel, the new Marvel movies. You know, starting with the Iron Man, uh, as we were setting up for the Avengers, I like the Iron Man. Uh, the Hulk was really good. The Incredible Hulk was really good, put it that way. Uh, not, right, not, that not, way. not the Eric Banner one. You think you can live with it? Take it! Take it off! Uh, yeah, the Eric Banner one was still early in Marvel's goings. Right. Yeah, yeah was, they, they got it right. Ed Norton, right? Ed Norton won that one. Yeah, was. Incredible Hulk. Right, Captain America, the Thor movies. You know, I've been a big fan of the Marvels. Uh, DC's come along. I like the you know Batman versus Superman. You know, I like that. So hopefully their their movies are starting to get better. 
Did you see? Uh, did you get to Suicide Squad? I did not. I've not right. seen first Suicide Squad. Yet. It's a it's it's a fun one. That's, yeah, I heard it was. Fans will be divided on it, but yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, what about video games? You do any superhero <clears throat> video games? Um, I've, the only superhero video games I played are the Batman Arkham series. I played in Arkham good. Asylum. Yeah, <laughs> Arkham City. Yeah, those are good. Those are really fun. I yeah, nice lot. But if you're gonna, only going to play one superhero video game series, the Arkham series is fantastic. Yeah. So folks at home are probably at this point kind of wondering, okay, what comic book did Clint get for homework? And what kind of funny is it kind of sounds like it's a little bit out of his wheelhouse because he said he was reading from when he was about 7 to 14. I think that was back in the early 50s. Yeah, 1875. <laughs> I make fun of Clint because he's so much older than me. He's about eight years older than me. Uh, but Correct. Um, would this would this have landed in when you were reading? Were you reading no. in 80? Um, it would, just the early 80s, maybe. Uh, okay. Because yeah, this book, the, the book I gave Clint is Uncanny X-Men number 140 uh, from 1980. Uh, so this so this been a little before you started reading yeah, books? Yeah, it would been around that time, but you know, I, I didn't follow. I didn't read every issue that came right. out. I just kind of picked and choose. Yeah, when you're a kid, you don't have much money. You yeah. just kind of, whatever, you have money in your pocket, plus whatever's on the rack. Is right. what <laughs> That's what ended up getting. Getting. You said you were a Captain America? Oh, yeah. I like Captain America a lot. It's cool. Yeah, it's a, that's a great book. So Clint got, like I said, X-Men, uh, number 140. I think it's the November or December issue from 1980. Uh, those of you who are big comic book people will probably already figure out this is the very well thought of run on X-Men by Chris Claremont, who was the writer, and John Byrne was doing the art. And this is very much a, a golden golden age uh, of the comic. We will discuss X-Men 140 with Clint right after we take a quick podcast promo break and see what other great shows are out there that you could be listening to. We'll be right back. Hello everyone, my name is Pat and I'm the host of a new podcast called The Longbox Crusade. A while back my wife said to me, why do you keep buying more comics? I bet you have not even read all the comics you have already. Well she's right but let's keep that between you and me. So I took her up on the challenge to read them all. I decided to read my collection of comic books in chronological order by the issue's cover dates. I wanted to relive their adventures and bring back the memories I had of my childhood in the late 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. My collection has been stashed away in over 20-plus long boxes in the basement. I'll leave it up to your imagination as to why I cannot have them on display upstairs, but that's a different story. The Longbox Crusade podcast will be of recaps and reviews of the issues in my collection in a fun and friendly way. You can find the podcast at longboxcrusade.com. I hope you will join me on this crusade to read them all. Okay, welcome back from the break. Uh, That's a a friend of the show, is is Pat Sampson and his Longbox Crusade. I've guest hosted on that show a couple of times. I can't recommend it enough. Pat does a great show, so everybody be sure to check that out okay so we're back and we're back with clint head uh guy who's who's into sports and and uh and working out and he liked comics when he was younger and now he's gone back and and into the world of comics with x-men number 140 so let's start off by uh talking a little bit about the the story just from an outsider's point of view clint what did the story seem to be about from your point of view uh the biggest uh part of the story dealt with the the Wendigo, and it was set in Canada. Oh, Canada, our home 
And uh, the Wendigo apparently was kidnapping, taking people, apparently eating them. And uh, Wolverine and Nightcrawler uh, from the X-Men were up there. They were teamed up with Alpha Flight. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm not real familiar with Alpha Flight uh, up in Canada. So uh, right. those characters are a little bit new to me. But uh, that's where most of the stories can focus. Yeah, that's and he's right. It's it's a fairly simple issue where the vast majority of the story is basically Wolverine and Nightcrawler uh, in Canada uh, tracking down the Wendigo. Uh, I, 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 I you know I'll, I'll admit a little bit. We cheat a little bit. Obviously, Clint and I talked about this a little bit before recording, and I asked him, "Hey, had you ever really heard of Alpha Flight? And had you even heard of them? Uh, no, never even heard of them. No, I never even heard of them. They were yeah. They they it was a fairly popular comic in 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 the eighties at about this time. Uh, but again, it's a Canadian superhero team. I, I assume the book probably sold better in Canada. Um, I'm only sort of tan- tangentially aware of it. You know, I've never really gotten into the mythos of Alpha Flight. It's always kind of seemed interesting. But uh, a a uh, a few of the Alpha Flight uh, members uh, make it into this issue to work with Wolverine and Nightcrawler. Pop quiz. Pop quiz, hot shot. There were three of them. You remember who they were? Go. It was uh, Vindicator, the Shaman. And came from the girl, Snowbird. Snowbird. Okay. Snowbird. Snowbird. Yeah. Right. And and from what you gleaned in the book, what 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 do you think? Like uh, one at a time, Vindicator. What what is his? He powers? seemed to have some kind of energy, energy power, energy shield, energy blast, things like that. That's what it seemed to have. That's about all. I I know a lot about comics. That's about all I know about him too. To be honest with you, I'm not a big Vindicator guy. I'm not anti-Vindicator. Just don't know much about him. Shaman. What you got? Uh, he seemed to be more of like a mystical uh, casting spells. That kind of like almost like Doctor Strange kind of right, and then Snowbird. Um, it appeared to me that she could change into different animal forms. I thought Snowbird's power would be to move from Michigan to Florida <laughs> every winter. Yeah, jokes and jokes. See what I did there? I, see, I saw <laughs> you are talking about the older people that moved down right. to the warmer climate, commonly known winter. as Snowbirds. Snowbirds, yeah, right? Very, very good. Okay, so given what you've read, um, did did the comic do a good job of kind of? You landed in one issue. Did, did, what basically what I'm asking is, what do you think kind of happened before this issue? Do you think they, did the comic do a good job of kind of bringing you in? Yeah, it, it did. Um, one thing I kind of picked up on, and again, you know, I'm not a, by any means an X Man expert, but it seemed like uh, Wolverine was still relatively new to mm-hmm. the group because uh, early in the in the issue, uh, the Angel was talking to uh, Doctor X. Mr. X. Professor X. Professor X, Professor X yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, Professor X. And, uh, and he's there kind of still kind of getting to know Wolverine. And Professor X is talking about how he already sees his leadership abilities. Uh, so it seems to me he's still relatively new to the group. Um, right, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think Wolverine first appeared, I want to say maybe four or five years before this came out-ish. And, uh, yeah, I think he, he was relatively new to the team. I think the new team basically came around. I'm sure there's X-Men fans out there know exactly when they came around. But I would say it's in the upper 90s of Uncanny X-Men is when Wolverine joined the team. So he's been around about 40, 45 issues now. And, then, and you're right, they're still kind of feeling him out. Now, I didn't ask you. I, I quizzed you on Alpha Flight. I didn't quiz you on Wolverine or Nightcrawler because I assume you, you're familiar with them just yes. from your childhood. Right, just, just from the X-Men and, I looked at, right. In the movies. Right. Right. Yeah. Cut that off. Okay. Uh, interesting side note that you probably didn't know about uh, issue one forty and and what happens next in the story. The very next issue, 
kicks off the Days of Future Past storyline, mm-hmm. which you're probably from. You saw Thanks the for the movie. Yeah, yeah. The movie. Uh, it came to be kind of a famous storyline because of the Days of Future Past movie, and that starts in the very next issue, uh-huh. one forty one, uh, which I I kind of thought was was interesting. So um, we talked about the powers and the abilities of some of the key characters in the comic, and uh, I think we all were in agreement there. So so far, it seems like this comic is doing a pretty good job of bringing in. Uh, a new reader. The story wasn't terribly confusing. Right. No, it was pretty straightforward. And the, and the characters, they sort of described the characters well, so you didn't leave uh, leave you scratching your head uh, for, for, for a lot of things. Um, did anything in the book confuse you like you just kind of did leave you scratching your head? Yeah, a little bit. There was a, a little excerpt in there with Storm and uh, Kitty. Kitty, I can't remember. Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. Right. right. It was just a very short little snip on that had had really nothing to do with the rest of the story. I thought it was kind of an odd throwing that in there. Yeah. I didn't see where it played into anything that was going on. Yeah, there was definitely they're cooking a subplot there between Storm and Kitty Pride, and I guess it was Kitty Pride's like dance instructor. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I have this vague memory of that, and I, I know it's going somewhere, but I don't remember where. And uh, I could see where a subplot, an unexplained subplot like that, would. Uh, kind of confuse a, a new reader like what's this all about like why, why is this i mean at least you knew it was storm and you're familiar with storm and maybe a little bit kitty probably i think she was in yeah she was a couple of yeah I, i'm not really familiar with her i don't remember her a lot. I remember, do remember storm and in the very beginning of it had colossus but he was pretty much just on the first page yeah great drawing though wasn't yeah that? it was <laughs> it was, it a was. Good drawing of colossus. Right. and then yeah he was like chopping yeah, he was, pulling, yeah he, he was removing a stump yeah. pulling a stump up and the angel came by and talked to him and and that kind of led into the angel's discussion with uh, Professor X. But, yeah, I thought it was kind of odd just having Colossus there, that one little one little page. All right. Um, what was your favorite moment uh, in the comic? Just like, oh, that that's really cool. And, you know, the moment you thought sort of defined this issue. Mm, it would probably be the fight with the Wendigo, with the Wolverine, the Wendigo. And then Nightcrawler coming back in after he, you know, basically got his, got his butt handed to him the first time. Yeah, he wasn't on Wendigo's power level. Nah, he wasn't. He proved that in the first round. Um, did it say, I, can't, I don't remember, you read it a little more recently than me. Um, did it say, because like, it was like basically one-on-one Nightcrawler versus yeah, Wendigo. Yeah, right. And then the others showed up, and yes. that's kind of how they defeated him. Right, and then he ran off. Wendigo how, did. did it ever explain why Nightcrawler was one-on-one with him? How he got separated from the group? I can't remember. Not really, I just remember he came upon him. Oh, he did. He's like, oh, there's the Wendigo. Yeah, right. Too bad I'm just Nightcrawler. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't turn out well for him. Yeah, looking at a, at a Hulk-level uh, villain. As I was explaining to uh, to Clint yesterday, too, this is kind of a neat story to read because you get Wolverine versus Wendigo. And for those of you who are strong in comic book history, you'll know that, that Wolverine's first full appearance in Incredible Hulk 181, uh, he fought with Hulk uh, in the Wendigo. So it was kind of a almost a homecoming episode uh for those of us who know a lot about comics clint obviously did not know probably that. did not know i that. did not know that but, but they but did reference the hulk in the in the issue they did they did they, they did so that that uh and do you have any other comments on on the story things you like didn't like anything like that no again it's pretty straightforward i wish um they would have some of the other, other x-men in it i understand what they're doing with the story just with the two kind of being isolated but yeah i mean i like more of the group you know the beast cyclops did it um, did it read well for you? Was it a oh yeah, it was, a brisk read, a painful read? No, nah, it was really easy. It was an easy read. Easy read. Easy read. Some, I think it got a little bit wordy sometimes. <laughs> I was about to say some people think, and I'm one of those people. I'll be honest. With you, Chris Claremont can be a little wordy, and you picked up on that. Yeah. Too, um, but not bad. Like you said, it's not bad. Yeah, it was still an easy read. 
he, he, Chris Claremont comes from a school, especially in the 80s, where there was a lot of thought bubbles. You saw how there were yes. thought bubbles involved. Yes. And there's, there's comic readers are kind of split on whether or not they like thought bubbles or they don't like thought bubbles. Um, I'm, a, I'm in the camp where I'm not a big fan of them. I think if you can't show a character's intentions through their words and their deeds, then um, you could do better. I, I'm definitely not saying Chris Claremont could do better. He's, he's fantastic in his own right, so don't take me wrong. But I just, I'm not a big thought bubbles guy. Do you have, do you have thoughts on thought bubbles? That's deep. Thoughts that is very deep. Yeah, thinking about thought bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're cool with thought bubbles, whatever comes. Yeah, you yeah. kind of laid back. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, so that, we, we've talked a bit about the story. Uh, let's talk a bit about the art uh, of the book. Uh, let's look at the cover first. And and, and we had to actually uh, print out a cover. Because <laughs> the, the issue that I got for Clint, the one that he selected from the yard sale stack, uh, actually didn't have a cover. One for it had no cover. So I had to go find a cover <laughs> on the internet and print it out so Clint could see what it looked like. And so now I'm interested in uh, your thoughts on the cover. Well, it's it's good. Um, I like the the Wendigo. They did a good job drawing the Wendigo. He looks like, like a real life. He Wendigo. does. He does. It does. Every Wendigo I've ever seen looks just like. Him. Yeah, and uh, you know, you know, again, there's a lot of action. But most of the covers do have actually have the Wolverine flying in on top of them, mm-hmm. and uh, has some of the other members in the background. Nightcrawler, like the Vindicator, you can kind of see them in the background. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll catch your attention. Yeah, it's, it's, I agree. I think it's a dynamic cover. I've always been a fan of covers that do show you what's going to happen in the issue. Some covers are more symbolic mm-hmm. than others, and, and then some covers just straight up say, hey, it's gonna be fine. this is going to yeah. happen in the issue, and that's totally what happened in the issue. So, I, yeah, and again, uh, John Byrne is a, is, is a very famous uh, penciler. I don't know if you know a lot about artists. Really. No, you don't, didn't follow that much. No. But, yeah, he's, he's very famous, very talented. Yeah, I agree. The cover looks great. Um, I even like uh, the 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 color work is good. I think uh, it's very vibrant. It's got a lot of you know yeah, when you go with white and and Wolverine. Yeah, he's in his brown outfit yeah. in this issue, if I remember correctly. And of course, Nightcrawler. So you get a lot of balance of colors, which is which is pretty fantastic. So uh, was there anything you didn't like about the cover? Any downsides? Anything you're like? Nah, no, not really. Nah. I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, it's it's pretty popping. There's nothing wrong with that cover. Going to the interior artwork uh, that that John did. What are your thoughts and feelings on the interior art? Um, again, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was, it was fine, good detail, and everything. Again, you used a lot, a lot of color mm-hmm. in there. Um, yeah, I liked the, uh, liked the artwork. Did anything in it? Uh, did you ever find the artwork distracting? Was there anything in there that you thought was? No, not really. I didn't find anything distracting on there. Too. So nothing that was bad. Just right, I didn't notice anything I, bad. Once again, it's, it's John Byrne, folks. So there's nothing anything there that's that's bad um okay so artistically speaking i have a suspicion this is going to fall hand in hand with your favorite story moment but artistically speaking what's your favorite moment in in the book it can be the fight yeah (laughs) john Byrne drew a real dynamic one Uh, i'm kind of peeking over clint's shoulder at the comic right now there's a lot of a lot of great dynamic uh motion and action going on oh geez you got a favorite panel? Anything in there that just grabs you? <laughs> Putting you on spot. I yeah, know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily. Yeah, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. John, he's drawn a lot of good motion. 
Um, yeah, I'm looking over his shoulder. And I see like Wendigo, like basically just tossing, yeah, just something, yeah. <laughs> tossing Nightcrawler across uh, the crushing the Wolverine to the ground. Yeah, that crushing Wolverine to the ground picture is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it, that fight scene is just is yeah, just great. Really it, there's a lot of good panel work in there, folks. Um, yeah, if I could if I could take any any page out of this out of this book, you know, and get the original artwork to to hang on my wall. Uh, funny enough, I don't actually think I I don't know if I would take the fight scene per se any of the fight scene stuff even though it's great i really like that first pitch but uh, with colossus, colossus pulling up that, stuff, tree that stuff. is a good it's i just, like that picture yeah it's just really cool yeah. it's just really dynamic and uh a, a lot of motion to it. Uh, it it displays strength well yeah the colossus picture yeah i like cool. that picture too plenty of good art to be found uh, in the book so let's talk about just the peripherals the extras that are in there, and by that I mean the ads or anything else, you know, sort of non-comic related, especially focusing on, on the advertisements and stuff. Is there anything in there that sort of brought back memories for oh, you? Oh, definitely. Or? Right, yeah. The the advertisements for the Saturday morning cartoons, Space Ghost. Sky, he's a go-go guy. Swung 
stronger than a train with a so-so brain. Uh, you talking about me, Blue Falcon? Gosh. He's fearless, scareless, a little too careless. Dynamite! He's a go-go dog person. That's me, dog. Wonder. <laughs> A little too careless. Dynamite! He's a go-go dog person. That's me, dog wonder. <laughs> that Godzilla yeah. dynamite. What do you say, Herculoids? Herculoids, Space Ghost. Space Ghost, yeah. That's, yeah. Looking at that ad, Space Ghost is probably my favorite cartoon of that lineup. Dude, which one's your favorite cartoon of the of the NBC lineup? Oh, uh, the NBC probably Space Ghost. This is ABC. And now you've got the ABC. Yeah, lineup. it has, you know, the uh, Justice League, Super Friends. Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman and Robin, Aquaman, Black Vulcan, Samurai, Apache Chief, El Dorado, Together, they form the world's greatest force, dedicated to truth, peace, and justice for all mankind. These are the Super Friends. Right, Super Friends. On there, they had Richie Rich, Scooby-Doo, but uh, I like the Super Friends. I was a big Justice League guy back then in the cartoon. Yeah, I don't know a kid that didn't watch it. Now, I think on the bottom right of the ABC, that's the ABC ad. Yes. On the bottom right, that's Thundar, the Barbarian. barbarian. Thundar, the Barbarian. The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Ookla the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is Thundar, the Barbarian. Which I loved, which I think somebody somewhere was like, lightsabers are cool and Conan is cool. Let's put Let's the two of those yeah. things together. Thundar the Barbarian. I, I was just on another podcast. Uh, I was on the Longbox Crusade with Pat Sampson recently. We were talking about these ads. Funny thing is, on, on the Longbox Crusade, the only ad in that book, which was also from 1980, was the CBS ad, which is not, in this, not in this book. We have NBC and ABC, and yeah. the other book I did with Pat Sampson had CBS. And we were just sort of looking at the, the cartoons. And, and was, there, was there any cartoons in there uh, on the, either one of those lineups that you didn't remember at all? Yeah, I did not remember the Happy Days. The Happy cartoon. Days cartoon. Yeah, I'm I very did not vague. remember that at I'm all. I'm very vague on that, too. We got it all together now, gang. The Fonz. His doggy name, Mr. Cool and the Good Group. One flaky time machine and a future chick named Cupcake. Oh, now the gang got zapped into that time machine and they're like traveling through time. My, my, 
They do not think where that machine is going, but they sure hope to get back to 1957 Milwaukee. Can you dig it? Yeah! I, I imagine it probably just didn't last very long. Yeah. It looked like, what are they, like in space yeah, or something? Yeah, space or time travels or something. <laughs> yeah, I just did not remember that at all. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. And and just like we like we talked about when I talked with Pat on Longbox Crusade about this, what I think is really neat about the cartoon ads is that is something that's lost the time. Because remember, like when we were kids, we'd see those ads and we would be planning out our Saturday. We were like, right. okay, I'm going to yeah. watch this, then I'm going to watch this, and then I'm going to watch this. And the kids today, the, yeah, they don't, they don't have that. They don't, I, don't, I don't know if they do Saturday morning cartoons. Because, like, it's everything's on demand or Netflix or whatever. So, like, kids watch cartoons when they want to. Yep. Like, we had to make this big plan. Right. We had to be like, okay, you know, at 7 I'm watching this and I'm flipping over to this at 7.30 and then later I'm watching this. And, and uh, kids today, they don't know the struggle. No, they do not. But they you know do, what else they, they don't know? know? They don't know the joy. So just like I was talking on Longbox Crusade about this. You remember how, like, every Saturday morning was almost like Christmas. Oh, like, yeah. You woke up excited. You're like, yeah, it's Saturday. And we run down and watch cartoons, and I've got my plan made. And I don't think kids do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> I think they straight up sleep on Saturday. I know that, yeah. I know I, they don't I've got a 10-year-old, and he doesn't get up all excited on Saturday morning. You've got a daughter who's... I have a 19-year-old, and she yeah, never she, gets up excited. She's never woke up nope. She, I guess she never really went through the... No, no, never did. The cartoon phase, yeah. I think they just died out. It's just funny how, like, anybody going back and looking at this old X-Men 140 will see these ads and go, oh, these the cartoons are on, and that's mm-hmm. neat, but... They don't, uh, younger people might not realize how important those ads were to us. Yeah. Like, like, I got to plan out my Saturday. Exactly. That's Saturday. That's point television. You had to make some hard decisions. You'd have to be like, am I going to watch Herculoids? Am I going to watch Thunder the Barbarian? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it was a hard life. Hard man. life. It was a hard life. <laughs> it was. Uh, what other ads from, from the book, if, if any sort of jumped out at you, oh. brought back memories? Oh, let's see. Flipping through to get to the ad pages. The uh, the little fruit pies, I remember seeing those. Oh, the hostess the, Yeah, the hostess ads. fruit pies ads. They had those in the comics. Yeah, this X-Men 140's got, a, uh, got one of the Iron Man ones. Yep. There was Iron Man ones. There was Mr. Fantastic ones. What's Iron Man selling? I think he was selling like apple pie or cherry pie. Yes, both. They have apple and the cherry. Apple and cherry pie. You know what I think what's funny about those ads is when, when you're real little, before you kind of figure this stuff out, like when you're four or five or six, those ads are so well drawn that sometimes you think it's a continuation it's a kid, yeah, of the, yeah, the story. story. And then, like, you get to the end, you're like, oh, dang it, they got me. They totally tricked me into reading an ad about fruit pies, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and I remember the, uh, the old Grit magazine. Grit magazine. Do you know day. anyone who's ever sold Grit? Uh, no. I don't either. No. They, but they were, like, in ads for years yeah. and years, so they must have lasted for a while. But I, to this day, don't know anyone who sold Grit. Yeah. Any listeners out there, if you sold grit, hit me up on 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 the Twitter or or, or the Facebooks and uh, and let me know about that because I know I see ads for all the time. Don't know anybody who did it. I see the grit ad is right across from what we kind of call the flea market ad. Okay, so I remember the uh, the incredible hunk of a man in seven days. Charles Atlas picture. Charles Atlas. I remember that in all of the comics. Yes, they showed Charles Atlas program showed up in all of them, like yeah. that one, and then like. Down from him is like the self defense. Self defense. I remember that one. guy. Right. And the uh, the Marvel down at the bottom would have the Thor looking character. Yep. That's down at the bottom, advertising Marvels. Um, yeah, I do remember all of those from the comics and things. Oh, yeah, they they really did the whole be a hunk of a man and beat muscle and get self defense and they they were definitely um, 
They were definitely targeting kids with low self-esteem. Yo, that's, yeah. that's, I guess this was, yeah. was reading comic books. I guess so. <laughs> like I, said, I never yeah. really, I, I, I find it funny that you look at that and there's definitely that stigma of kids who read comics really, really nerdy and, you know, got beat up a lot, you know. And I guess I'm just lucky that I was never, like, bullied for it. I, I doubt that you were. No, you know, no. You know? I mean, everybody was doing it back Yeah, then. like, everybody read comics, so it's kind of weird that it yeah. was, but the advertisers were, like, they hit pretty certain that we were the kind of people that needed it. But, I don't know. Yeah, they definitely were pushing self-defense, kung fu, karate, and, <laughs> and, uh, and working out. But, hey, it must work, because you work out a lot, right? And then and then I, I do the self-defense classes, yeah. so I guess... I guess it, something probably... Sub, 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 in the end, kind of, in the end, they, they, got, they us. got us both. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, there's some, there are some great ads in there that'll, that'll take you back. Uh, anything else on the issue that you wanted to talk about? Anything about that? Anything in the story? Anything in the art? Anything in the in the ads? Do we do we cover it pretty well? I think we've covered it pretty well. Okay, uh, we we'll be right back after our second and final podcast promo break to get uh, Clint's final thoughts on the issue and his his verdict, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, and I'm also the art director over at White Rocket Books. Quick question. What do you get when you take a fast-paced Alistair MacLean novel, put it in a blender with a Star Trek DVD, and some G.I. Joe figures? I'm pretty sure you get award-winning sci-fi novelist Van Allen Plexico's first foray into the world of comics, a new comic miniseries based on Plexico's novella, Cold Lightning. Cold Lightning is a small part of Plexico's expansive space opera series of novels called The Shattering. Now, real quick, I want to give a quick heartfelt thank you to all the folks who helped us reach our crowdfunding goal over on GoFundMe. We are so excited to get this comic series underway. Now, depending on when you hear this ad, we're either still working away on this space adventure or it may be available already. The best way to find out is to head over to whiterocketbooks.com and see what the latest is. While you're there, you can look into all the novels of the Shattering series or Plexico's very popular Sentinels novel series. There's plenty to see, so come check us out. Once again, that's whiterocketbooks.com. And we're back. All right. As promised, now that we're back from our most recent podcast promo break, uh, we're going to go straight to the verdict with the... Uh, Got our normie here, uh, Clint Head. He's going to tell us what he thought of, of X Men, Uncanny X Men number one forty from nineteen eighty. Just jumping into it, to it cold. Uh, okay, so on a scale of one to ten, how well did this X Men comic draw you into the universe? Yeah, and by that, do I, I mean did you feel how how well did it welcome you in? Like if you felt really lost, give it a one. If you felt like you really knew what was going on, give it a, a ten or, or find a number. Okay, I'll tell you, probably about a seven. Seven? Okay, yeah. that's a pretty solid job bringing you in. Yeah, I think it did. It, uh, you got the idea of, of the group of the X-Men. And uh, I talked a little bit about the backstory of Wolverine, mm. just a little. And then, again, kind of getting the idea that he's relatively new still. So, yeah, I think, I think it did a relatively good job bringing you into it. Good, good. And uh, just on, on another 1 to 10 scale, how would you rate the, just the overall entertainment value of the book? I'd give it about an 8. I think it was a good, it was a good read. Good. It was an easy read. A lot of action in it, uh, not hard to follow. I liked it. I thought it was a good book. Do you do you find yourself uh, now that you've read one forty like a burning desire to read one forty one, or 
Eh. Or like uh, if if someone left it laying around and you had spare time, you'd read it. You know, <laughs> if I had spare time, I would read it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd go out of my way to look for it. Okay, so it's not like heroin. You don't need another hit immediately. Yeah, yeah. But it, but if someone provided yeah, if to it you, came across, I'd read it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, cool. Um, this round brings us about to the end of our show. I want to thank uh, Clint for being a guest on the show. Problem. Taking time out of his day to do something he doesn't normally do, which is read a comic book and give us his thoughts. Uh, feel free, any listeners out there, to drop us your thoughts and comments. The best place to do that is on uh, on the Twitter uh, or or on the Facebook. You can you can look us up. The easiest way to get in touch with us is probably on Twitter with the at Normies Podcast. That's N O R M I E S Podcast. That's the easiest way, and we'll also have a, uh, a Normies uh, podcast site up on Facebook, so you can also comment there. Thanks again to Clint for being here. Um, Clint, you don't have any internet endeavors at this time, so you don't have anything you need to plug. I do not. <laughs> okay. I do not. All right. Uh, as, uh, as usual, you can, you can find me at Yard Sale Artist on Twitter, also Yard Sale Artist. On Facebook, you can check out my website, theyardsaleartist.com. I also have a Yard Sale Artist blog spot. Um, also the art director for White Rocket Books, so you can always go over to whiterocketbooks.com and see what cool stuff is going on over there. So I'm just all over those internets. Uh, come out and find me. Uh, let's hang out. Let's have a good time. And we will catch you on the next episode of Comics with Normie. Say goodbye to the folks, Clint. See ya. Later on, folks. This episode's outro music is a jam called Cool Out and Listen. This music and all other sound engineering for Comics with Normies is provided by musical genius Joe November. Be sure to check Joe out on SoundCloud, Twitter, and Facebook using the handle Josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. Joe's got a lot of music out there. I highly recommend it. He's crazy talented, and he's a great sound engineer. Check out Joe Zeppelin, and we'll see you around. As a reminder, folks, if you have any comments or questions, or if you just want to follow us on the social media, you can follow us over on Twitter at Normies Podcast, N-O-R-M-I-E-S Podcast. You can also follow me personally over on Twitter. I am at Yard Sale Artist. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of person, you can follow us at Comics with Normies. That's our podcast page, or you can follow me personally at Yard Sale Artist. Again, questions, comments, just want to be part of the show, let me know. I'm happy to read the comments and the questions that we get on future episodes. And that's a wrap for this episode of Longbox Crusade Elseworlds. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll see you around the alternate dimensions in the future. themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it. <laughs>